And that giant cacophony tells you it's the end of November, it's the 30th, and somehow we've managed to get there. We've achieved her incredible feat of an episode a day, somehow or other, but there we go. This is the Power of the Three podcast, and I'm Kenny Smith, and I'm here with my companion who's been here most days this month. It's the one, the only, the Mr. David Steele. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Thank you for joining us. Yes, I've had a few days off. Kenny, you've been able to listen to Kenny every single day this month via Power of Three, but because I've had a couple of days off, you've, if you wanted to listen to me every day, you'd have to have mixed it up by listening to Stop Let's Team Up and the Earth 2 podcast. But yes, far more David and Kenny on podcasts this month than <laughs> is probably good for any health. But thankfully, after this, we might get a break. We might. Let's see what happens. We might. Also, so, before we go on, Dave, I would like to talk about Mr. Who, the fantastic episode that has been done by yourself over on the Earth 2 podcast. I can't I can't really take any credit for it, really. It was my it was my idea to do it and Peter, who does all the editing, has had the bulk of the work to do with it. I sort of harangued a couple of people into recording the lines a little and that was a bit no, it was a lot of fun. It was it was sort of irresistible once we realised that the the anniversary fell on a Thursday, which when we release our episodes we could have had to do it. But it turned out very well. I was I was very impressed with all the the work from all the guest voices because um Brandon Peters was on. He's he did a little Doctor Who retrospective on his show, show last mm-hmm. week. The irredeemable Dag Matthews was on. He did a I think he did an episode about Fury from the Deep last week. That was his contribution. Ross Aitken of Gallifrey's Most Wanted. He's been doing a few a few bits and bobs, and of course your own self and my friend my friend and colleague Logan joined in to play some of the the juvenile superhero characters, so that it didn't sound like a bunch of old men for the whole thing. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. Oh. I'm not, I've said in the past. I think there's a greater crossover in um, comic book fans who are Doctor Who fans as well, rather than Doctor Who fans who are also comic book fans. So I don't know how interested people would be. But listeners, it's it's worth checking out purely, if I say so myself, for my William Hartnell impression in the outtake at the end. <laughs> that, I do say, is very good, my boy. Hmm? Yes, I think you'll be giving Noonan um, a run for his money. Uh, but no, I'd say yeah. I really enjoyed it because I'd never heard of Mr. Who as a character and four different right. characters of that name in the DC comic universe. So fantastic. I know, it's insane. And they all look they all look very different. Um, I think two of them had conspicuous question marks on their <laughs> costume. And I think they all wore hats. They all, two of them wore very big hats. One of them was able to change his appearance <laughs> and become younger. One of them like had a quite a sort of um two of them actually quite long coats. Yeah, you could sort of you could ar- you could argue a retcon you know, not a retcon. You could argue as an influence if you felt like it, I'm sure. <laughs> I thought it was yeah. great. Really enjoyed something new, something different and yeah, different slightly off the wall, but but very well done. Yeah. So well done to you and we, Peter we've Watson. Done, we've done a few of these episodes where we've done episodes based on characters that have similar or shared names and stuff. You'd be surprised how many of them sort of recovered over the years. So actually, the, I'm not, I have no idea what I've said and what I haven't said. We've, been do, we've done so many of these episodes the last few weeks. We've given, we gave ourselves, you know, you've given yourself an awful lot of work in November and Pete and I gave ourselves an awful lot of work for the last, you know, half a dozen or so episodes of our show. So our next two are going to be a lot, a lot more straightforward and we're not going to plan anything desperately fancy for quite a while. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> but anyway, have you enjoyed doing your daily episodes of, of P of Three. I have. I've really enjoyed it. I mean, I, I love the fact that you and I have got to hang out a lot more in person and just have a good laugh because, I mean, there's been times when we've been chatting and 
I, I struggled to breathe because I was laughing so much. <laughs> and I mean, that was, I mean, yeah. your invention of Power of Three magazine was just genius when we were doing our preview of the Star Beast or when we we're talking about the comics and Big Finish version. Yes. And I genuinely yeah. struggled to breathe then. And um, yeah, and then just obviously in uh, the episode that uh, dropped. Uh, on David Whitaker when it gets another mention and some great ideas for our features. So, yeah, uh, I, we genuinely yeah, are listeners And Dave's suggested we really do a Power of Three magazine, and I think we will. It'll be available as a PDF only, but uh, yeah, we'll we'll have some fun with that one, I think. Yeah, we'll, we'll work on that. You did a very good job of editing quite quite a lot of the, the laughter out of the Star Beast one. It made it sound almost coherent. So. <laughs> <laughs> it did get a bit silly. Yeah, oh, it's, it's been great fun to do, and you know, thank you for your yeah. time because it's been great to hang out no, with, a with my mate. It's been good. I mean, it's been good because I say, as I said, I've read probably I've probably said them about probably said this in about five episodes already, but I can't remember anything that I've said. I've read more Doctor Who books in the last five or six weeks than I've done in the last twenty odd years, probably even longer. Mm-hmm. So it's been quite good. I've got another little pile set up to to do next, but uh, I'm reading currently listeners reading the novelization of the massacre by john lucarotti as a bit of a palate cleanser from all of the the new series books that i've been reading and it's fascinating if you know the tv story spotting all the differences are just it's 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 great it's, you get to about page 40 and then it just goes now turns <laughs> off to the left and doesn't come back it's so so good you can you can imagine if i think if if lucarotti based the novelization on his original script i can see why donald tosh rewrote it because it had been very difficult to achieve but the good thing about the novelization it's not limited by budgets or or technical sort of um capabilities and it's it's a lot of fun if you've never read the novelization of the massacre go and read it but be assured i'm not going to do a podcast about it because i'm reading no. it purely for play yeah sometimes it's quite nice to that i'm actually after all your chatting about it and messages i'm quite tempted to dig it out and go up to the loft and give it a read because all i can remember is the doctor talks to time lords in a garden at the start which was reminiscent of the five doctors to my mind so i'm quite keen to go and yeah. uh, rediscover it because I, I remember the, this is the, obviously, listeners, inadvertently, we are doing a podcast about the novelization of The Massacre, despite my <laughs> I remember when it, the novelization was published, my sister got me for my birthday, I think I was 15, because I remember it was one of the books I took to fans with the school, with the school but I didn't actually read it then, I didn't read it till about 2017, so there. The DWM at the time highlighted this thing of the, I think they interviewed him, I think they interviewed Lacroix, and they, they talked about this sort of, the Doctor talking to Time Lords and how that kind of mirrored what had been happening in Trial of a Time Lord, which had been on TV around about the time the massacre was published as a novelization. It's amazing what sticks in your head. What did I do yesterday? I have to think about it. Um, <laughs> I was working at WGD for Star Sailor. There we go. I had to think about it. But I can remember details of a Doctor Who magazine article on the novelization of the massacre that I read nearly 40 years ago. So there you go. Anyway. We've, obviously, we've discussed the Star Beast on our episode, which dropped on Sunday, but mm. there have been a few other things on the telly this month about Doctor Who that maybe we should give them a wee mention. I mean, we'll start with something that's been familiar with an adventure in space and time, which had a few trims and a new addition, which I thought was yes. quite a nice touch. Now, I um, I didn't bother recording that. It was I was out on Thursday evening there on the 23rd. Um, I'll give a plug for my friend Ian's events in Paisley, Cannes Cinema, Cannes spelt C-A-N-S. And I recorded, obviously, the Daleks in colour, which we're going to talk about in a minute, but I didn't bother recording an adventure in space and time, so I thought, why should I? I've got it on DVD twice. Got it individually in part of the in the, in the little box set that came out a, few, uh, a month or two after. So why? So I was a bit surprised to sort of see all the discourse when I got home and see that people were 
complaining about cuts and then talking about this extra scene where they'd replaced Matt with with um with Shuri Gatwa and I thought interesting. I mean this um we haven't really talked about the Steph Coburn situation too much on the show. We've alluded alluded to it a couple of times, but it's yeah. um pretty horrific that that had to happen. I want, did you watch the this the edited repeat then? Did you no, see it? I didn't. I just I just like right. yourself. I just assumed right. it would be exactly the same, so I didn't bother. But then of course it makes sense because remember Mark Gatiss saying they'd shot that scene at the end. So that Bradley could yeah. look over for future episodes, they could yes. replace Matt with a with the then current Doctor. So yeah, that was um that was quite cool. And when yeah, I remember Mark Gates saying that, and it's pretty cool. But I wish I I wish I had recorded it now because I'd love to see, you know, because there's a lot of scenes from remember when they're trying to shoot the pilot. You know, they can't get the doors to stay closed and all this sort of stuff. And and you think, you know, would it be coherent? How could you know how much would it have affected the story if they'd had to cut all this stuff out? I also noticed today there was um, a story published via Deadline, which was something about the BBC changing its royalties position as far as writers for Doctor Who, that apparently they're going to get paid more up front and they're not going to be paid residuals anymore. So I wonder if that, if the if the Steph Coburn has, situation has anything to do with that. It'd be, it'd be interesting to see what happens. I mean, I'm presuming it's the first they haven't resolved things because I've not heard anything said about the first story being available on iPlayer now, but it's, um, it's all very unfortunate, really. But yeah, an adventure in space and time. I mean, um, it's it's that's that. I mean, that's another thing that you know, tenth anniversary of that, and the legacy of that is, is still pretty huge because you know David Bradley's still, you know, he's become quite identified with the First Doctor as a result. You know, it's it's interesting now that's still going, still going on. Yep, and appeared in the final episodes of Two Doctors now as the First Doctor. So, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, it, I mean. He does look. He does look. Especially he's got the makeup and stuff on, and he really does look like Bill. Yeah. I remember I was watching um, the first time I was watching Twice Upon a Time, and just you know my jaw was on the floor at points because he was so good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. God bless him. Long, long may his long and, and all who's sailing him. Hope he's with us for a long time to come. Absolutely, and we enjoyed celebrating ten years of an adventure in space and time with another of our episodes looking at the making of the Daleks and Paul McNamara. That's right, which I listened to this afternoon whilst I was doing some housework and that turned out very well. He was so Scottish, it was amazing. Yeah. I was killed myself. I was like, this is great. I wonder if it needs... It's a good thing you put the subtitles on for the benefit of the YouTube viewers. Absolutely. I also had a message from listener uh, Roddy McDougall asking where he can find the YouTube channel today. So hopefully Roddy will have caught up in episodes and realised that it's a running gag that we don't actually yeah. have one. But <laughs> hey, that can be our thing to go with the with Power of Three magazine. That'll be the next thing after that. Yes. Listeners, don't forget to click below to subscribe to the official Power of Three YouTube channel. <laughs> yeah, subscribers get more at... That's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. God, do you remember, remember Nicholas had to say that at the end of everything? Yes. Oh, gee. My yes. goodness, how listeners, things change. Listeners, 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 should we start a YouTube channel? Write in and let us know to um, podcast underscore earth2 at gmail.com. <laughs> or alternatively, you can um, press the red button or call the numbers on your screen now. Yes. On yes. the YouTube channel. Anyway. Yes, but that wasn't the only thing, of course, because we got the Daleks in colour, uh, edited down, and yes, very interesting. No, we've not really, you and I have yet to talk about that, bro. No, we haven't so, even discussed it in real life. Um, you go first, then. What did you think? Okay, well, I enjoyed it. I think the first half of it, 
lends itself better to being cut down, particularly like the first episode, the first couple of episodes. As there's an awful lot of stuff here, like the poor old Magnodon. Our friend Roy Gill pointed out that the doctor, the first alien that the doctor meets, has now been removed. Uh, in terms of that, so I quite, enjoy, I mean, enjoyed, particularly enjoyed the first half. I thought the second half suffered a bit more because there was an awful lot more story to fit in there and to be taken out, and I think it suffered for that. The recaps were quite interesting. Well, you know why Johnny Morris postulated as to why they'd done that. Did you see that? Did you see his no. tweet? Right. Well, what Johnny said was, Johnny, friend of the show, who appeared this month no less than twice, I think, mm-hmm. he noticed that, especially the first ones that they, they, they put into them finding the drugs and stuff, they were dropped into really long scenes that were played out in one shot with no cutaways, etc. So they dropped these little, almost subliminal flashbacks in to cover the cuts, basically. Hmm. They were a, it was a, a it was a, it was a necessary way of rather than seeing an obvious cut of two minutes or a minute or twenty seconds or whatever as something was sliced out, they put this little flashback in, and that was enough of a transition, mm-hmm. so that they could that they could um they could trim it down. I found it a little. It didn't bother me. See, I'd seen some people's tweets before I watched it. I'd been out on Thursday night. I watched it when I yeah. got in, but it didn't really bother me such. It, or, or put it, way, it bothered me less when I was watching it because maybe because I was paying for it. But anyway, you, you can. I cut you off. Continue. No, 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 not a problem. The color I thought generally worked. I mean, it looked like the way that I remember watching the original series Star Trek. You know, coming from 1960s prints and now being repeated in the BBC in the early 80s. So it had that sort of slightly like the color's been turned up a little bit too much. Don't think I. I didn't like Barbara's cardigan in pink. But that's just a very minor thing. But I thought the Daleks looked great. And some yeah. scenes, I thought they looked, you know, you could have believed that it had originally been made in colour when it's particularly mm-hmm. Daleks. I love the fact that the jungle sort of borrows its colours from the Dalek movies. And I also enjoyed the Dalek city. I thought it looked great with all those different colours here and there. Obviously, not the same as the original ones that you can see in those lovely colour pics that Ray Cusick took. But I think it really sort of captures that sort of early 60s sort of the world is exploding and uh, pop art is here and sort of just that you know the explosion of popular culture and generally the world is sort of becoming a bit more of a fun place after the post-war austerity yeah. and sort of the way yeah. that it, blending almost like the way that avengers in color or in color that says in the steed and mrs peel avengers rather than uh the superhero ones and um i thought it sort of tapped into that sort of mold as well just to get its color palette and I have to say, I did enjoy it. I thought it was good fun, and I really hope that there's more of it. We know there's more in the way, and if it's true that it's the war games, that would be fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I've got to say, when I first... I I didn't even read the article in DWM about it. Mm-hmm. I, I saw it was announced, and I thought, I've I've no interest in this. I was completely, you know, I, ambivalent at best, but I, I recorded it because I thought I'd watch it. And I've got to say, I got in Thursday night, and I watched it and I thought it was absolutely effing phenomenal. I thought it was stunning. I yep. loved it. I was exclaiming as I was watching it that that I was loving it. I thought I've I'm blocked on <laughs> on Twitter by one of the people involved in, <laughs> in this production because I've been quite critical of of, of some of their methods in the past. <laughs> so if anyone's listening and wants to tell Benjamin Cook that I thought it was brilliant, that's fine. 
by I was I was stunned by it. The colours were phenomenal. It looked like Lost the first you know the first colour episodes of Lost in Space or yes. as you say some of it wasn't perfect. There was a couple of bits obviously when Shadow when when the colours seemed to be drifting a little bit over William Russell in particular, but I that didn't really bother me. As you say, the um the jungles and the city especially looked amazing. The thing that sort of I, I think it struck me that I'd love to be able to talk to someone about it, someone involved. Maybe we can get Benjamin Cook on. <laughs> I doubt it. But, you know, in all seriousness, he did a, a brilliant job. I was struck. I wondered how much how much of it was defined. I wonder, if, you know, how rigid they were. I mean, I felt at points even another two or three minutes would have helped the flow of the whole thing. I haven't, I've, you know, I've seen the Daleks, the original Daleks story a good few times. It's not one I can recite, like the Five Doctors or Time the Rani or anything like that. But um, I know it pretty well, and I was sort of struck by the episodes that I noticed seemed to. I'm, I'm not going to use the word suffer because that that I'd experienced the most cuts. The escape obviously was trimmed a fair bit. Mm-hmm. I loved how they took that whole lengthy scene of them getting out the cell and into the lift. I loved the way that was cut down so well almost like a montage from something like a Guardians of the Galaxy or a Suicide Squad movie that was done so so well and you know the expedition and the ordeal obviously both lost quite a quite a lot so that's why there was points I thought another another minute or two just and would have helped I thought the ending was was very abrupt it sort of cut from Bill's speech to the TARDIS the, the, the rendering of the TARDIS disappearing which meant we we didn't have Antidus sort of lamenting the fact that Barbara had gone, which is my favourite moment in the whole original story. You know, I'll I'll never forget her, he says, or something, and it fades through the ship, the interior of the ship. Obviously, their their wrote their hint that a romance was was kind of was retained, but not not in as much detail as, as I would have liked. I, I was a bit gutty to lose that, but I was really impressed with how with how well it was done because a lot of the time you really didn't notice what was missing. The essence of it all was there. So I mean, they did an absolute blinder on it. I'm told that David Graham, David Graham, recorded <laughs> some new lines, which, frankly, equally appalls me and intrigues me and and warms my heart in equal measure. I have this. I hate the thought of him sort of being roused out of his nap time to kind of speak some Dalek lines because he's 98 or something. And that, you think, yeah. my goodness, I couldn't tell you what the new lines were. But I was also I was mindful, obviously, of the the new sound effects. You know, the the ones we've got used to for the Dalek gun. They were really yep. they worked really well. I thought the the new score was was really good most of the time. I mean, they did a I think it, for me at least it absolutely succeeded in its mission, which was to take the original and make it and use the original as almost like a rough cut or a director's cut. Yeah. To then produce a shorter, punchier, more modern edit using the source. I was utterly blown away by it and I was really glad that I was because as I say I was completely indifferent obviously I've now since read the article in Doctor Who magazine I really really enjoyed it and one of my other favourite things about it was the little montage at the end when they showed yes. oh, that was amazing of colourised clips from other episodes they even showed the Beatles for crying out loud mm. that was so cheeky <laughs> um, there was a great shot of Stephen and Sarah and you know shots of Ben and Polly and shots from Rain of Terror there was tons of stuff and all, that all looked amazing so you know and they were very clever to finish it with a shot of Patrick so it'll be interesting to see what they do next I mean it's, it's interesting that they've talked about doing more without waiting to see how this one does Yeah, but I tell you I'm buying the DVD I didn't oh, plan I'm to but I'm buying it. 
I'm going Blu-ray. Uh, yeah, I know. I'm like self Dave. I hadn't read the DWM article because I wanted it to be a surprise because I didn't want to know how they'd done it, what they'd done, or anything like that. And uh, so afterwards, I mean, that was the first thing I did after it finished. Went and read it. Um, uh-huh. I loved the cloister bill when the TARDIS is failing to yeah to realise. I quite like that. I thought that's yeah, quite. That's a, a nice. It's subtle. It's not in your face. I was a bit feeling that one. I was a bit feeling that one, but it really? didn't, didn't upset. I can imagine some people being upset by it, but I just kind of thought, right, that's a bit cheeky. <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, it was... I kind of want them to do everything now. <laughs> it worked so well. That's I the thing. agree. It worked against all the expectations. Mm. And, I, you know, I'm actually looking forward to watching that a second time so I can, you know, get a proper run... Not a proper run at it, but just, you know, maybe the stuff that jarred with me the first time won't jar as much the second. Yeah. But it was... It was great, and they did such a good job as well of condensing it and making it different enough from the Cushing movie that it didn't just feel like you're watching the Cushing movie with different actors. You know, yes. it, it works really, really well. Great point, Steve. I can. I, I don't think I can disagree with the word you've said there. Um, but I enjoyed that. And then, of course, on Saturday night, after Doctor Who had finished and Doctor Who new confidential thing was on we got the secrets and the, the sex and scandal and stuff of Doctor Who on Channel 5 I didn't see that because I had to um, what was I doing I, was, I didn't see it on Saturday because I was recording the podcast reaction to the Starbeat yes. but I was also taking, I was also recording all the take that stuff that was on BBC 2 as well so, I knew um, you would be <laughs> I haven't watched any of it I've not had time I've not had time to watch any of it yet interesting um, but no, I didn't bother with the Channel 5 thing. You said you recorded it, didn't you? Yes, I've watched I have now watched it. Um, right. I, I watched oh, it while half asleep. Without, give, without giving too much away, what was your thoughts? Okay, well, there's some of the obvious things that make it in, you know, the things you would expect, like the the things like, um, like Sophie in Battlefield with the tank cracking. Um, right. That sort of thing makes it in there. There's mentions of missing episodes and things like that. And uh, we get the entirely charming Ian Levine popping up uh, to give his views on it. The featured Doctor in Distress, which he talks about again. And somebody proudly proclaims it as being the worst charity record of all time ever, which which it is, because it's... I would... I know. I would just... Listeners, the worst charity record of all time is Band-Aid 2003. Let's (gasps) not forget. Oh, spare thought. I would rather listen... I'd, I'd listen to... Doctor in Distress for three weeks un- uninterrupted <laughs> solidly. Never listened to Band Aid 2003 ever again. Or was it 2004? 2004, was, wasn't it? Yeah, like that's that. one with this Dizzy Rascal. Dizzy Rascal. Fix up, look sharp in the middle of it. And yo, it was terrible. Best um, one ever, still. The best Band Aid ever is still 1989 because it's got Jason Donovan on it. And Kylie. And Big Fun. I will take no further comment on charity records. Anyway, so yes, what else? I mean, what was the was there anything about John Nathan Turner and yes. Mr. Marshall when that book came out? Uh, yes, um, JNT gets a few mentions about uh, you know just throughout you know, as, as his stuff as producer and you know when Colin Baker was unceremoniously removed from the role, but JNT right. was kept on. So yeah, there's a few mentions of him, and they do mention Richard Marson is on there, and yeah, the the doable Barkers and stuff like that does get a mention. Right. But um, yeah, there's some interesting comments. Sort of um, Richard doesn't identify people who he's spoken to, but he does point out they're at the current age of consent, but perhaps not the age of 21 as it was when JNT was producer. So a little bit of um, Jubiety in there about uh, 
Mr. Nathan Turner's proclivities with Mr. Downey. So um, yeah, it's not th th it's not dwelt on, thankfully, because it's it's murky and it's it's quite uncomfortable viewing. But yeah, I mean, it's not say, dealt with too. They don't dwell on it. I've got to say, when I saw this program was on, I kind of thought, no, I don't fancy that. I don't fancy that at all. I didn't think there'd be anything on it that I hadn't heard about already. To be honest, I mean, um, we could get really <laughs> we could be really crazy, and I could ask you, do they mention this? Do they talk about so and so shagging so and so? Do they mention this? Do they mention that? But I'm not going to ask you because we're a family podcast. They do cover like the Bill Bags videos with them, um, and it's got shorts of uh, Nicola Bryant and Colin Baker together in the well, sack. From, from yep, and it's got well, something by right. Shadows. You know what? That's that's what our next commentary episode should be, Kenny. We should do the ears on some. That is a brilliant <laughs> idea with Young Alan coming. That'd be yeah. That's it. That's decided. That is it. We are so doing that. I need to find a copy of it. I know it used to be on Amazon Prime. I wonder if I've it still is. I've got it VHS. Sorted. I've still that, got it VHS somewhere. That's, there we go. That's our next commentary for early 2024. Listeners, make a date with Listener, us for watch, that one. Watch out! Watch out for that. That's going to be good. That's going to be really good. We could do an interview with Mr. Briggs and with, um, and get him to talk about it as well. That'd be fun. Oh, we will. <laughs> I love it. There we go. The Airzone anyway. special. Anyway, um, but yeah, coming back to it was it was entertaining enough, and the fact you've got Sophie on it there, so it's got a bit of credibility. So it's not, and there's right. some fans on it who talk as well who I didn't recognise. But um, yeah. yeah, there's there's some you know there's there's credible people on there talking about things. There's no doctors, but. Um, yeah, it's it's entertaining enough, and it's not it's not sleazy, which I was sort of worried Wait, about. That was that was my worry. That was yeah. my worry. That's good. That's yeah. good. But I'm trying to think of any other highlights. Obviously, there's been um, the new Doctor Who podcast on the BBC, which I've not bothered to listen to. It, I think if you want exclusive interviews, you come to the Power of Three, Dave. What do you think? <laughs> oh, absolutely, I strongly agree. Did you see the um? Did you see Talking Doctor Who on um, BBC Four at the start of the month? Yes, the that was the interview. yes the old interviews from classic series doctors. Yeah, that, that was really good. That was, that was a lot of fun. I've watched that a few times since it was on because it's it's nice to stick on in the background if you're eating or whatever, or mm. or um and it was that some some nice moments. A couple of, a couple of things in it I wasn't too familiar with. It was like um, it was one Tom Baker interview that I hadn't seen. I don't think I'd seen before. It was fun watching DT watching the filming of the regeneration from Legopolis. Yes, that, that was brilliant. That was, that was really entertaining. When he, when he was laughing at Kate Adie being sent to interview Peter Davison when he was leaving. And there's a really, really funny bit. They showed a clip from Breakfast Time, which funny, which really funny clip by chance. Selena Scott. Before. Yes. I don't, th I don't know if it's on the, um, I don't know if it's on the new, exp on the, the season 20 Blu-ray, because I still haven't finished all the bonus features, but anyway. And at the end of it, Selena Scott had an expletive and then it cut back to DT saying, Selena Scott's reaction was echoed by many Peter Davison fans across the country when only four months later it was announced he was leaving. That was very funny. <laughs> that was a, that was really good. Listeners, if you've not seen Talking Doctor Who, check it out. It's it's, it's um, mainly focused on the old series, on the original series, but there's a lot of good stuff in it. Nice, um, some good clips from when John Pertwee was in Wogan and that, that clip of Jonesy claiming to dismantle his caravan in 11 seconds it takes a lot longer <laughs> than 11 seconds so Vester on going live which I hadn't seen since it went out I don't same. think um, same but there was a lot lot of really good stuff in that that was cool 
mean, some of you might recognise from DVD extras and things like that. They've been included yeah. there, like the likes of Trouser and Pebble Mill. But um, uh-huh. yeah, it was it was very it was a, very entertaining. It was a, nice, a nice package, very well put together. Of course, we've also had the the final chapter of the the Fourteenth Doctor's first adventure that's published during the anniversary month and obviously mm-hmm. we did an episode we'll talk to the yep. Sullivan and I'm ho- for the benefit of our YouTube viewers I bought a copy of Liberation of Daleks I'll hold that up oh, available not... now from all, all good shops only twelve ninety nine. not got my copy yet I'll be looking for that and then of course I suppose we had the Children in Need mini episode which we've not discussed yet either yes now that was fascinating the, the fallout from that was fascinating because I watched it and then I didn't immediately watch I still haven't watched it the Doctor Who Unleashed. That was um, I, I just stuck with Children in Need and watched the rest of that. And as you bawling my eyes out at all of it, but it was it was interesting because first of all, the final panel of Liberation of the Daleks is a thought bubble, speech bubble caption from the Doctor saying, "I don't look up a scar on Harry," and obviously that's where he ends up. Um, as I was watching it, I just thought, "All oh, right, cool, he's gone very really far." But this is Davros before he's either as a younger man before his accident. But then it all emerged controversially that this was the RTD had um had sort of retconned and rebooted and redesigned and reevaluated and um redone Davros. And we've not really talked about that on the show. I don't know if we want to talk about it because uh, we don't want to upset anyone with some of our opinions. I um all I'll say is the last few months my dad was with us, he had to go in a wheelchair because his cancer had reached his spine and he wasn't doing too well in the poor sod. Yeah. And we made Davros and Little Brit jokes every single day. So my dad wasn't offended. Put it that way. I can't yeah. speak for everyone. I wondered if um because I've seen I've seen some re- quite a lot of reactions. I've seen some reactions from people involved in the series. And no one's come out of this looking a lot of people haven't come out of this looking very well, this whole discussion. It's interesting. I personally wouldn't have a problem if they if Davros was to appear and he was shown as this younger version of him. Yeah. Especially him they got Julian Bleach back. That's a brilliant, brilliant little touch. Which he looks wonderfully creepy, doesn't he? Yeah, it's one of these things you think, right? That's that's it's all, almost qualifies as an Easter egg because anyone, any any civilian or not, we who was watching would just think, all right, that's just the guy. But we're all like, hang on, that's Julian Bleach. That's brilliant. But then I always sort of think that the Dalek stories got a bit crap once they started dragging Davros up every time in the eighties. You know, mm-hmm. Daleks are much more interesting. The whole point with Davros was that essentially it was a dead body animated with his life support machine. So I think maybe Davros has been done. So it would really bother yeah. me if we didn't see him again. Well, do, you, do you have any non-litigation worthy thoughts on this? I mean, I do think you know what makes Davros famous is the fact that he's in his chariot as it's he's described in I, Davros. Yeah, and Alec, without yeah. it, he effectively he just becomes another master or something like that. Yeah. And I yeah. think that's a danger. But I mean, I can completely understand what Russell's done. But at the same time, I think that, you know, doctors, you know, particularly recently, you know, with, with Ruth Madeley arriving in the scene, positive portrayal of people with disabilities. And yeah. Davros, is, I mean, Davros, I mean, it's, 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 it's a, I can see why he's done it, but I don't mm. necessarily agree. Yeah, it's interesting because I, I'm not sure how many people, I can't, this is the thing, we can't speak for everyone, we don't pretend to. It's just, it's no. just our own opinion, folks. You might agree with us, you might not. If you don't agree with us, let us know. Just don't have any swearing. I'm not sure how many people thought of Davros as a wheelchair user. I don't know if I ever did. I didn't. But, you know, the thing is, the I'm all for the, the positive, well, what's the word, representation. I mean, Ruth Madeley was fantastic in the Star Beast. Yes. She was amazing. My favourite scene in the whole episode 
was her first conversation with, with the doctor. That was, I love that. She's so down to earth. She's so natural. Very, very light. I mean, she was brilliant in that other thing that Russell did that we couldn't remember the title of when we talked about it the other night. She was superb in that. She was really good in this. I really hope she comes back. I'm presuming she's going to come back. She was really, really, and, and it was quite funny, like when she was like, you know, in a James Bond style, blowing things up with her wheelchair. That was pretty cool. She was great. Honestly, that that scene was phenomenal. Yeah, I loved that. She thought it was the 10th Doctor, you see, listeners, you see. Mm-hmm. And it was. Loved it. Loved it. So the other really big thing that's happened this month that we haven't talked about yet, we sort of we talked vaguely about doing an episode on it, but just decided to leave it for a wrap-up, was, was Tales of the TARDIS. Yes. What was your favourite? Which one was your favourite? Oh, man. Don't, I, I, I answer that yet. Don't answer that yet. I'm going to ask you, which one, when it was announced and you saw who was all involved, which one or two were you most excited about? And then which was your favourite? And was that different from what the ones you were most excited about? Oh, man, that's a really good question, Dave. I know it's a really good question. <laughs> okay. Well, the one that was I was most excited about was Ian and... It wasn't Ian. Stephen and Vicky. Ian and Barbara, I nearly said. You know, the one I was most excited that would have been fun. No, the one I was most excited about was Stephen and Vicky. Because I thought this will be great to see Peter Purvis back in character Stephen for the first time. And obviously we've had Maureen doing the Blu-ray promo. So that was one that really excited me. But when I watched them, I have to say Colin and Nicola together were rather special. Sylvester and Sophie were great, but and I really enjoyed Danny Anthony with Katie Manning as well and um, because I thought they've got quite a sweet relationship particularly given that she's encouraging him to go after Rani because I always thought they were a great double act in Sarah Jane Adventures but no I'm going to settle with the Doctor and Perry because it was just so nice to see Colin and Nicola together chatting and being nice to each other yeah that's very very interesting I mean the ones that they were very canny because the first sort of BBC announcement showed the photograph of the Fifth Doctor and Tegan and Colin and Nicola and Sylvester and Sophie and Danny and Katie. They didn't show Fraser and Wendy and, and Peter and Maureen. And the one, the ones that I most that had me choked before I even knew, you know, or got realised when where I'd be able to watch it was was um, Maureen and Peter and and Fraser and Wendy. That those were the ones that just like because you know the last time. Peter Purvis and Maureen O'Brien appeared together on screen as those characters was like sub, you know, late summer, early autumn, nineteen sixty-five. Oh my God, that's scary. Fraser and Wendy obviously had the little cameo in the Five Doctors, but it's I thought Maureen especially Peter and Maureen were both marvelous. Maureen especially, she just captured, you know, that way that Vicky would sort of. It's very hard to describe, very hard to articulate. Vicky always had this sort of like, this air of, you know, the particular way that she spoke was almost like she, almost as if she was always accusing everyone else of kind of ripping the mickey a little bit mm-hmm. and not really, and having a, a quite a sense of, you know, not wonder, but almost a very, she was, the thing about Vicky was she was very, very clever, wise beyond her years. And Maureen just captured that perfectly. Peter wasn't as bewitching. Um, I remember actually when he did the Five Companions for Big Finish, which is a subscription freebie. Listeners, I would encourage you to subscribe to Army of Death so that you can get hold of it. I felt when Peter came back for that, it was very funny because he he didn't seem to be playing Stephen. He seemed to be playing TV presenter Peter Purvis. <laughs> but, it, but it was perfect. It really worked because 
Peter Purvis, the presenter, is very, very precise, very prepared, very, very, very spot on. And you thought, yes, yeah, Stephen would be like that because he's been an admin, he's been a king, he's had all this stuff to do for years. And what I liked about this this one was that it it didn't really um, contradict anything that they've done with those two characters in the Big Finish Companion Chronicles. Mm-hmm. I've been evangelical about everything that Peter Burvis has done for Big Finish in the podcast. The next time there's a sale, get his Companion Chronicles, get his early adventures, he's phenomenal. The Fraser and Wendy one was, tickled me. That one was more like more of a hug. Um, yes, good. that's a good description of it. Said, when Jamie said, um, you know, he's lying about having five daughters all <laughs> with hairier legs than him. That made me laugh because that's the sort of thing that, that people's grandpas used to say in Scotland. That was lovely because the war games is still devastating. Anytime you watch episode ten, it's devastating, mm-hmm. and that was so. That was really nice. I have to say, I felt the Danny and Katie one started well, but descended into absolute mawkishness. It was a bit, oh, a bit, a bit corny for this cynical old man. Equally, I felt Peter and Janet. It wrote a check, but it didn't quite cash. You couldn't really have a conversation about Adric dying in five minutes. <laughs> you didn't have the conversation at all in Time Flight. This was a, an attempt to obviously readdress it, and it worked very, very well. But I just felt, no, this needs to be a half hour on a on some provincial stage somewhere on a minimal set <laughs> to, give, to give it what it deserves. Sylvester and Sophie, I thought, were wonderful, especially when he sort of hinted at he might be a doctor from a parallel reality, but he didn't turn into TV's Paul McGann. That was that was lovely. Seeing the two of them together again properly, never, because there was they had a scene together in Power of the Doctor, which was great and really which really affected me. But seeing them again this time was amazing. But I I agree with you. My favourite was Colin and Nicola because they were hilarious. Nicola looked incredible. Colin looked nothing like <laughs> absolutely nothing like the Doctor. But it didn't matter. Mm-hmm. It was very odd because the rhythms came right back and they're, they're obvious genuine real life effects from each other shone through but it didn't feel like you're watching Colin and Nicola it undoubtedly felt like you're watching the Doctor and Perry the, the little bit of business they had yeah. when they were going for their hug and they went oh we're going this way oh no we're going that way round the little small Jodie's Tardis campfire on the floor that was yeah. glorious I was surprised at that that, that one being my favourite and that's I mean that's the thing that one kind of contradicted some stuff that Big Finish have done and the Sylvester and Sophie one maybe countered, maybe contradicted some BDF, but then Sylvester's lying about alternate realities or whatever or timelines and stuff. So you know it didn't really matter so much. But they were all they were all very very special. I hope they do some more. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it'd be lovely to to think you know you know something with um, Leela and Lala would be quite nice, where they could sort of do one discussing one of their past adventures yes. with um, <clears throat> with Tom. With Tom being of exceptionally advanced years, and um, that was one that struck me. So that way you can get a fourth doctor in that way, or even with K nine, of course. Um, mm-hmm. So you could you could work with both of them with K nine. Um, yeah, and well. if it'd be nice if you could find a way to do a McGann one, even if it's uh, oh God, no, I'm not even going to go and speculate about shooting like a short, you know, like a night, another night of the Doctor type, you know, shoot it over two days and do a mini adventure um, with Sheridan or Nicola Walker. The, um, the rumours about him in a Disney series are not going away. These they bubbled up a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, um, I talked about them on the show because you know, and I remember you, <laughs> you got in touch with someone that might be involved directly and asked them 
And when they replied in the negative, I was convinced that this just meant they were contractually obliged not to tell you. But that rumour is not going away. If they've got any sense, they'll get him and Nicola Walker, quite frankly. Sheridan. Uh, Sheridan. Or Sheridan, I suppose. Thank you. They could... Well, I don't know, because Lucy's dead. <laughs> no <gasps> don't offense. say that. I mean, I mean no disrespect. <laughs> I mean no disrespect. But, you know, Nicola and, and Paul have been working together already anyway. It'd be dead easy. They don't even need to change their costumes. <laughs> True. Um, it's, um, it'd be tr- I mean, I, something, I'd love to see something with Louise and Lala that has them on Gallifrey or something, but doesn't, again, doesn't con- um, doesn't contradict everything BF have done. Yeah. I'd like to see something with Mark Strickson. Oh, of course. Anything with Strickson is good. Maybe Harlow and the Doctor, maybe. I don't know. But I'm not really sure what else, because obviously we know that, that Bonnie's coming back. We know that Melanie's going to be in the TV show yeah. again. Aaron um, Collin would be a good way to frame Terror of the Bear Voids with the new edit from the Blu-ray. Yeah, that's true. That would work very well. That's a good shout. You should tell you should suggest that to someone. <laughs> um maybe they could maybe they could have the final confrontation between the Doctor and the Valyards and get Michael Jason back in. <laughs> I can't do his laugh. But I would say generally the iPlayer um, content has been superb. Just getting yeah. these old episodes there, and you know you're getting Invasion of the Dinosaurs in colour, and pretty much all the the stuff from the DVDs and the animated stuff in colour, which obviously what Russell wants to keep the kids interested rather than the black and white yeah. versions. Yeah, and it's, um, it's lovely it's just having it there at the touch of a button. Quite a few people I know IRL have said that they've been watching, they've been dipping in and out and stuff. So hopefully it's 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 going to work. It's been. It's been a very interesting sort of time. Um, I don't think anyone expected everything to get stuck in iPlayer. I don't think anyone expected Tales of the Tardis. So it's, you know, there's been more rumours again at the weekend about what the first spin-off series is going to be. So hopefully we'll find out some more about that. But hopefully not for too long. I'd like to know exactly when Shooty's first series is going to be on properly. Exactly. And we've still got two more episodes to go. But um, obviously one of our early episodes of Ellis since we talked about the new um, B&M action figures. And I've since got hold of the set from Remembers of the Daleks and oh my goodness 15 year old me would have killed for these (laughs) Um, hopefully Al will be able to come back to us before too long and talk about his next set of figures but um, listeners if you're looking for them the B&M near the Gorbals in Glasgow has hunters as we say up here hunters of the Daleks so go and check them out if you can also Dave I can reveal exclusively to your good self and of course the listeners that I have actually spoken to Al for an episode in the run up to Christmas Oh, excellent. That'd and be good. I was going to be telling us about the various Christmas-related action figures that came out and those that didn't. Superb. Well, I look forward to it then. The other main thing for the anniversary we haven't really talked about, and we did an episode which I thought turned out very... Given that we'd a slightly fractured recording process for it, worked out very well was when I think we did our, we did our Destiny the Doctor review. Mm-hmm. Um, that was that one, you know, excellent work in the sticking that together and getting interviews and seamless listeners. I challenge you to find to guess if you can spot when recording was interrupted on that episode and when we picked up again. You will not be able to work it out because it was seamless in the edit. The other thing was this year, Big Finish had Once in the Future, yes, as the contribution to the anniversary celebrations. We should probably talk about that briefly. What, what, what's your what's your overall thoughts on it? I mean, I think it's a great concept that you've got the Doctor going through his various regenerations 
and it's a bit affects. I mean, I remember when Matt Fitton first told me about this about three years ago, and summed up to me. And I said to him, "Oh, so it's a bit like dimensions and time." <laughs> and he sort of gave me a glare. But then he said, "Well, yes, a bit, but done properly." <laughs> and um, so we that, that. dimensions and time. It's perfect, as Tom Harris would tell you. <laughs> It's been a very interesting bunch of stories, you know, some interesting mixing and matching of doctors and companions and and settings and uh, villains. I really particularly enjoyed this Mr. McCoy episode. I thought that was really good fun, right. um, very entertaining. And then, you know, lovely to have David Tennant in there as well, meeting Missy. Yeah. And I think there's that Scottish energy between them was hilarious. Uh-huh. I was very mixed on it. There was some that I absolutely loved and some that I absolutely hated. I'm not going to get specifics on the ones I disliked because I wouldn't be fair, but my favourites were actually, surprisingly, the supreme randomness of the Six Doctors teaming up with Jackie Tyler and Lady Christina. Like, mm-hmm. that worked. I could not believe how well that worked. Lady Christina and Jackie deserve a, a spin-off series on the iPlayer or Disney+, Plus. quite frankly. that Why they haven't, why they didn't have them on screen together at some point before you know long ago because you know Jackie should have been on that bus frankly but she couldn't because she was in a parallel universe wasn't she yes but she should she should have been on it but she obviously couldn't maybe maybe parallel universe Lady Christina could have some adventures I don't know I'm forgetting (laughs) my continuity I also really like the Tenant Missy one I'm not Missy's biggest fan as everyone knows but DT did a great job of just sounding like that proper youthful Tenth Doctor I wasn't a fan of the first one it felt to me redundant to have the fourth doctor reconnect with Sarah Jane Smith immediately after he dropped her off because it undercut school reunion completely. I just did not see the point of it because it was obviously in the doctor's timeline. It was long after Hand of Fear, but obviously before school reunions. It just, for me, it was a temptation too far. They should have resisted doing that one. I think it was, it was trying to do something that school reunion had done already, but done better. Um, and it just seemed pointless to me as why they would why they would do something. I mean, I suppose there was an, an, a resonance because you had Tom acting opposite Elizabeth's daughter. That was quite nice, but to me, it mm, it didn't really work. Um, there was one other one which I, I I thought was terrible as well, but I'm not going to mention it because that wouldn't be fair. The other ones I enjoyed them, but like a lot of people, I'm getting a little tired of the the mix and match approach. The, and you know. Uh, I don't hope we don't offend anyone when I say this. It's it's getting done so often now that it's stopped being a novelty. And, you know, I think they need to try and read it in a little bit. I think they need to be a little bit more disciplined. I don't know. Era-specific matches, so as if it could have filmed as if it did happen then, rather than bringing it Yeah, in. well, I mean, just... To, I think they need to concentrate on, on telling good stories within the eras that they've got, rather than having to, you know, feeling that they need to team... Pick it. Things it's so, it's it's, the, it's difficult to pick them to act as a parody because once you've actually done Lady Christina, Jackie Tyler, Harry Sullivan, and the Sixth Doctor, where else can you go? <laughs> things that one worked very well. I think because of the personalities of everyone involved was was actually very entertaining. That was yeah. that was definitely my favourite. I think I would I'd be happier if if they refocused. And as I say, I always repeat myself, but been, when the team ups become when you know they started originally with. Classic Doctors, New Monsters, and, and River turning up in Doom Coalition. It was like a bomb going off. It was phenomenal. Impact was great. Every single story was excellent. 
but it's one of these things it's the law of diminishing returns and it's getting to the point now and it just seems like they're picking names out of a hat and it's getting a bit mm. anyway those are just my opinions people of course other opinions are available do feel free to to write into Power 3 magazine and let me know what you think <laughs> I would say all in all I feel quite sated and I feel that it has been a good anniversary year there's been a constant supply of material DWM's had a good run and um and obviously now we're getting to the TV episodes we've had the build up and yeah. yeah I think it's I think it's been a good year the fact that the show's back in the public eye the overnight viewing figures were the best I've had in years so yeah, yeah. things are things are looking positive and hopefully yeah. back on it's track been, it's been good I mean it's um I think I think we've probably got more than we deserved or expected to get this year really I don't think anyone was expecting Tales of the TARDIS you know it's been a different spin the TV episodes, it's a different spin of the old idea of a, a, a previous Doctor coming back at an anniversary, which is a fun way to do it. There's other stuff we haven't talked about, like, you know, the Decades books, but, you know, I haven't read any of them yet, so I, I can't We'll really come talk to them on. soon, Dave. Get to them eventually. Let's do them before um, Christmas. <laughs> Steve Cole's got another another fancy book coming out, which I'm told has uh, a link to one of my, my, my favourite modern Who episodes, so we'll need to see how that turns out. No pressure, Mr. Cole, if you're listening. Um, <laughs> I think been, I think with the, you know the Daleks in colour, with the various sort of you know concert programmes and such like, and all the stuff that's been put onto BBC Sounds as well as that player, it's it's been really good. I mean, com- compared to say the thirtieth or the fortieth, you know, it's been much much bigger. We've been, I think, we've been we've all been done. We've all been done very well. If, if you pardon me, mangling a catchphrase from Harry being served. Um, we've all been served very well. I think we got a lot more than I actually expected. So it's been it's been a good one, I think. Yeah, and the fact that the general public are interested in because I had two of my work colleagues asking me my thoughts on the episodes today, which that's a big change. The fact that people are talking about Doctor Who again, who aren't mm. among the we, the the elite sure. of fandom, if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah, yeah. We'll see how it goes. We just, I mean, the the Disney thing. We've yet to really see how that's going to play out. What the what the um the full expanse of the of the universe? I mean that that universe graphic, you yeah. know, I love it. The you know the, the one that plays before everything now is just amazing. It's mm-hmm. so so ballsy and confident. I just hope we can. I just hope the momentum maintains and they keep it. They keep it going. I mean, who knows what's going to come next? I mean, are we going to get a Paul McGann series? Are we going to get? Are they going to squeeze another ten episodes for the Fourteenth Doctor and Donna between? Wild Blue Yonder and the Giggle. Let's hope they do. I mean, mm. this, I mean, I can't wait to see what happens next. To be honest, it's very it is a very exciting time. It's been a, it's the most exciting sort of time I think there's been in ages. This yep. is all. I mean, the potential for what we could get over the next year or two is huge. Yeah, we'll have to, we'll have to just see what comes. Yeah, and do you know what my favourite thing? And, and this is going to be this is going to sound really schmaltzy, Dave, and really rubbish. But my favourite <laughs> thing in the anniversary year has been right. you rediscovering your love of Doctor Who because <laughs> it was getting you down at times. I thought I felt last year, and then this year, and particularly like since doing to give it one more mention, novel experiences. <laughs> I just think novel. it's been lovely to see that you sort of it's reignited <laughs> your love of Doctor Who again. Yes. Right, it's it certainly brought it back. It certainly helped revive it a little bit. It's um, it's no longer the the rotting corpse. That <laughs> my appreciation <laughs> no longer <laughs> the rotting corpse that it was for a couple of years. So we'll see. Hopefully, hopefully, I'll I'll still be interested in, in a in next year when we're sat here having our sixty first anniversary episode. 
Is that such an important number? I don't know, probably. But no, Kenny, it's, it's, I mean, it's been a lot of fun doing all these episodes this month. Um, I haven't got sick of the sound of my own voice, which is, which is rare, because sometimes listeners have listened to a couple of episodes of the Earth 2 podcast on the bounds are like, oh, shut up, you old bore. <laughs> it's been a lot of fun. It's been, I, think, I, think, I hope for the listeners that we've kept it interesting and there's been enough variety um, across the month. And maybe listeners, you know, hopefully you've, it's encouraged you to do some reading and dig out some of the books that we talked about and, and what have you. We've got some early plans, maybe doing another run where we talk to some authors and stuff or talk to some of the authors we had on before about different books, maybe depending when the, when the new series is going to start and how much time we have to do the reading. Ideally, I'd be able to do some more reading before we talk to the authors so that I can yeah. you know, feed some questions and read some. I think one of the best things we did was get Simon messing him on the phone. <laughs> yes, that's also one of our most listened to episodes. That was that was a lot of fun. It would have been nice to, you know, if we'd got if we'd phoned Danny Blythe as well and said, was it Cheryl Cole or was it Victoria Beckham? And of course, he confirmed in his tweets that it was Cheryl Cole. So I was right. That was good. You I was were. very. I took great a great pleasure in sort of defining, uh, you know, what's the word, defining what was going on there. But no, it's been a lot of fun. Um, I think I hope we've kept it fresh. Hope and hopefully the listeners have enjoyed it as much as we have. Well, I know I definitely have. And again, a big thanks to you because it's been a really good fun month. Um, even yeah. though you know, we started these interviews back in July when we first had this idea and uh, yeah, and then recording what, two, what was it, early September when we did the, or mid-September when we did the first bunch of links for this, for, um, yes, for Chris Willis's. I remember we did the links for the Sorcerer's Apprentice and I was half dead. Kenny had drive me around Queen's Park on a Sunday morning when I'd got in very late the night before from doing a beast of a shift at the QMU. So I was half dead. But some of the other ones, I think the later ones worked very well because we recorded them together in person rather than, you know, via Zoom like we're doing tonight or even just sat in the park. It, is, it made them a little bit more lively, I think. So hopefully that was a bit more enjoyable for people. Yeah, well, that, at least we know how we're doing them next time. Absolutely. I think I think our record listeners was I think we um I think we did links for what four episodes in one day. Yes, that was good, but knackering. The same, the same day that I recorded two episodes, two full episodes of the Earth Two podcast, with Peter. So yes, like I was saying, so you've been on your thirty episodes of of Power yes. Three this month. Yeah, I have worked out. I've been on twenty six episodes of Power Three. Is that right? Yes. I've been on one episode of, of Opal City Confidential as part of Starman um, Starman Podcast, part of Stop Let's Team Up. So that's me at 27. And I've been on five episodes of the Earth 2 podcast. So there's been... you've had, If you had 32 days in November, listeners, you could have listened to Dave Steele at each of those days. And dear God, if anyone has, God bless you. <laughs> and thank you too. So Dave, I think yeah. um, as we approach the end, and the moment has been prepared for, I think it's only yes. fair that you have 100% got the final say on what we play out with today to mark the end well, of our celebrations. Well, I, I'm... I, what I would have suggested um, you used during the intro to today's episode, which we're now I'm recording this on Monday, so I was going to request the Eric Winstone version of the theme music because it's my favourite. <laughs> so, failing that, let's just finish with the, the Kevin McCulloch end titles from the Sylvester McCoy era because of course the soundtrack to Time and the Rani has just been released over the last few days and we might be talking to someone else who was involved in Time and the Rani very soon so that's probably a good little um, a good little what's the word aperitif is that right yeah a could be taster yeah yes that'll do 
Right, listeners, thank you for sticking with us. We'll be back very soon before you know it. Absolutely. Here's to the future, Dave. <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. Absolutely. Bye, folks. Bye-bye. See you later. Thank you.